This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the fifth Sunday of Lent, the 18th of March. If you know the city of Rome at all, you'll recall that the many bridges across the river Tiber each have a unique and historical architectural significance. One of them, the Ponte Milvio, marks the place of a celebrated battle led by the Emperor Constantine. Tradition relates that just before the battle he had a vision or a dream in which he saw a cross in the sky, all aglow and surrounded by the words in hoc signum vincit, by this sign you will conquer. Constantine ordered a cross to be emblazoned on all the banners and shields of the soldiers and on the next day, the 27th of October 312, his army defeated his enemy Maxentius. The historian Eusebius says that Constantine was convinced that the cross brought about his victory there on the banks of the river Tiber. And it was Constantine's mother, St Helena, who'd gone to Jerusalem to excavate the site of Calvary in order to discover the cross on which our Saviour died. If you go to the Forum in Rome, you can also see the triumphal arch Constantine had built to commemorate his victory at the Milvian Bridge, and clearly etched there on the side of the arch are those words, in hoc signum vincit, by this sign you will conquer. It's a dictum for the Christian life. Since the first and the last symbol that is placed upon our body is the cross, and it is traced upon us at those two moments when, humanly speaking, we are most fragile. Soon after birth at our baptism, and as we are about to depart this life, the Christian bears the mark of the cross through every event of life on earth to show that the call to follow Christ is a call to participate with him in his very own destiny, and that destiny to bring about our salvation is achieved by the way of the cross. During these last two weeks of Lent, the images and crosses in our churches are veiled in purple to emphasise the sombre atmosphere of this time, and also to remind us, by hiding these images, that Jesus in his passion hid his glory as God, especially as he hung upon the cross. Now, by an amazing irony, God chose to undo the calamity of the sin of our first parents by using a tree. Both events centred on a tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve had been forbidden to partake of. And on Calvary, again, a tree was the focus, this time the tree of the cross, the sign by which Christ would draw all mankind to himself. On some old crucifixes, you often see at the base a skull and crossbones. There's an ancient belief that Calvary was the site where Adam was buried. The cross erected on that same site was a sign of new hope and life that Christ brought by his death on the wood of the cross. As the hymn for this Passiontide season recalls, Blessed tree whose happy branches bore the wealth that did the world restore. St Thomas Aquinas says that if you want to see the perfect exemplification of blessedness, then look at Christ crucified. 
and he explained it as follows. If you want beatitude, blessedness, despise what Jesus despised on the cross and love what he loved on the cross. What did he despise on the cross? But the four classical addictions, wealth, power, pleasure and honour. On the cross, Jesus was stripped of all of that and despised all of it. What Jesus loved on the cross was the will of his Father. And it was precisely his detachment from the four great temptations that enabled him to walk the walk. When we suffer, when we find ourselves on the cross, we're there with Jesus and we identify with him intimately. And painful as it was when we see him die and we see our loved ones suffer, they and we are never so close to Christ as at those times. And although it is supremely paradoxical to say it, the crucified Jesus is the man of beatitude, a blessed man, a truly happy person. I think we've all seen that in persons that we've known and loved and who have a deep faith, how they embrace the cross cheerfully and with optimism, knowing that through the cross comes victory. We often hear people say, perhaps we've even said it ourselves, what did I do to deserve this? Why me? How can God let this suffering happen? When we make the sign of the cross, when we follow the way of the cross, we can perhaps imagine our Lord saying the same thing. What did I do to deserve this? There's not, nor has there been, nor will there ever be, any greater tragedy in the world than that God suffered and died in the flesh for your sins and mine. We can only try to comprehend the words of St Paul, far be it from me to glory except in the cross of Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Mary had a central role in the passion of Jesus because she is the mother of our Redeemer. She provided the comfort and solace that only a mother can bring to her child. But during the passion she appears so helpless along the way of the cross, standing on Calvary. She was the last person Jesus looked upon. Having her there would have increased that suffering, but also assisted him in those last moments as he sacrificed himself for us. She helps us too in our moments of suffering and every day of our life on earth, if we but look at her and go to her for a mother's assistance. Let us pray. By your help we beseech you, Lord God. May we walk eagerly in that same charity with which out of love for the world your Son handed himself over to death. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen.